Praise God. I want to share something with you tonight and believe it will minister to you. You know, we got the heater thing fixed today. <laughs> the noisy one over here, you remember that real noisy? And everybody could hear it, right? <laughs> well, we got it so it's quiet. And uh, the, uh, uh, the insides were kind of messed up. What do you call those things? The bearings? Uh, on something there, and uh, and they were kind of messed up and kind of going out and making a lot of noise as it was going out. I got to thinking about that today. I said, you know, that's like a lot of believers. You, you know, we where everything's going real smooth and peaceful, and all of a sudden, yeah, 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 you know, all this noise starts coming out, and and it's not it's not good, and and nothing's going right, nothing's going well, and nothing's going like it's supposed to. Anybody ever had days like that? And you think, dear Lord, I think I'll just go to bed and get back up again, see if it's better. And uh, but you know what? If it's something on the inside. I said, if it's something on the inside that's causing the distress or causing our anxiety or causing us to feel like God's forsaken us and, and all of it. And why are you doing this to me, God? Anybody ever tell God that? I think we all have at one time or other. You know, we, we said, what, about, what did I do to deserve this? Lord, I go to church three times a week. I don't need this bad stuff. Well, you know, that's where we got to keep our insides oiled with the oil of the Holy Ghost and the joy of gladness in our spirit and letting it flow in our hearts so everything will go smooth. Amen. I don't care if everything's falling down around you. When you got the peace of God on the inside, everything's all right. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to share something with you tonight, though, because a lot of times you may have prayed for something or you were believing for something, and it just didn't seem to happen like you wanted it to happen. How many's ever been there? And uh, you didn't think, you, and you begin to think, I mean, the devil starts lying to you. You say, well, <laughs> you know, so-and-so got their prayers answered quicker than you did. And so God don't like you as much as them. And, and uh, you know, and I know there's, there's something you did 99 years ago that you just, and you know, the devil just is, he's the accuser of the brethren. Amen? He accuses us, tries to make us feel lower than what we should feel. But yet there's... Things in our hearts sometimes that nobody can deal with in my life but me. And nobody can deal with in your life but you. I can't make anybody love me, but I have to love everybody. How many sees what I'm saying tonight? I, I can't make everybody like me. <laughs> Somebody said, well, I like him, but I don't love him. Or I love him, but I don't like him. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, we, we, we all have this in our personality. And the devil uses these things. But there are some things that's evident in our lives. If you turn the searchlight on your soul, how many ever lost something in the dark? Dropped your keys or 
or drop that $100 bill somewhere, you know, and you're sure not going to go to bed until you find that one. And But you, you get the little flashlight out and you start looking because you want to find out where that is. And you know what? We've got a searchlight. It's called the Word of God. Right here. And it's aided and powered by the Holy Spirit. You know, we've got these, we got these lifetime batteries now and things. They're supposed to be lifetime batteries. And, and these things are supposed to really do a lot of special, duper things for you. But you know what? This is our lifetime battery right here, the Word. The Word is not going to change. It's never, it doesn't never change. It won't change. It's always the same. This is God's truth. This is His Word. And He says what He means and means what He says. <laughs> I mean, it's just as simple as that. It's the Word. You can't, you can't argue with the Word. You have to agree with the Word. And when you agree with the Word, you're going to see God do the things that you need in your life. I want to read a scripture in Mark 11. Jesus is speaking here. Mark 11, 22. We'll begin reading there. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. Now the original rendering says, Have the faith of God, or the God kind of faith. How many knows that the kind of faith we have is the God faith that's in us? See, God's imparted His ability in us. How many knows you can't have joy without the ability of the Holy Ghost in you bringing that joy? You can't have the ability of God to love unless God's power is in you and His ability to love, that supernatural power to love is there. Now look what he said, have faith in God, have the faith of God, or the God kind of faith, is what one rendering says. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. That's shouting ground right there. We could stop there and go home. Somebody said, well, let's do it. No, no, no. i still got a few more minutes. <laughs> but, I mean, this is, where, this is what we like to hear. How many knows this is what we like to hear? Have the God kind of faith. Whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed, cast into the sea, it shall, and not doubt in his heart, but believe those things that he says shall come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. I like reading that myself. Well, let's read on. Therefore, I say unto you that what things that you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. That's more shouting ground. And when you stand praying, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not supposed to be in this verse. We're talking about miracles. We're talking about the power of God. We're talking about the supernatural things that God wants to do in our lives. And then all of a sudden in the middle of it, and when you stand praying, forgive. If you have all against any. It didn't say forgive just the special ones. It didn't just say pick out somebody that you know that will receive your forgiveness and you can forgive them and you can go right on in life. But God said if you have all against any. Any means anybody. It can mean a great number of people. If you have all that your Father, when you stand praying, forgive that your Father also which is in heaven 
may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. That's pretty plain, simple, to the point. God's like that when He talks to us. <laughs> and Jesus talked to the disciples pretty plain. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Now, forgiveness is not just a one-time act. It's not like somebody did you dirty and did you wrong, and then you say, i got to forgive him, Lord. I, I forgive you. And we didn't mean it. You know, you know what I'm saying? We, we didn't mean it when we said it. We're just doing it because Jesus said you got to forgive him. But it's not just a one-time act, but it's a way of life. Forgiveness is an everyday thing in our life. Every day. Somebody said, I want to reach perfection. Well, you keep doing what Jesus says, and you'll get there. <laughs> Amen? But look what it says. In, in uh, Matthew 5, verse 44 and 45, I say to you, this is Jesus talking. I mean, believe Jesus is the great teacher. He was the Son of God. He is the Son of God. He was God in the flesh. He is here. He was here with these disciples. And he said, I say unto you, love your enemies. Now, you know what? It's, it's hard to love your enemies when they're tearing up your property. Y'all understand what I'm saying? It's hard to love your enemies when they're going to run you down on the freeway and the interstate highway and they just come up and didn't give you the one-way sign, you know. And I'll tell you, you know what? My wife will tell you, that's one thing that makes me madder than a hornet is when they give me the one-way sign. I'm sorry, but I'm just honest. It, I just... Bear down on my horn at them. And I say, <laughs> then I have to forgive them. <laughs> but I couldn't catch them to say I forgive them because they'd done, you know, down the road. I'm, I'm just telling off on myself. I know nobody here does things like that. Forgiveness is not just a one-time act, but it's a, it's a way of life meant to bring us into every blessing in Christ. When we, listen, we have to be like Jesus if we're going to have all that Jesus is. We have to be like Him if we're going to walk as a child of God. Remember, we've been brought into the kingdom of God. We're sons and daughters of the Most High. We're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We're in royal family. So we, we have to learn how to walk as the family members do. And He's the big bubba in it. And He's going to show us how to do it. Jesus is Lord. Now, He said, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Well, they ain't got no business cursing me. I'll put a curse on them, bless God. Hallelujah. 
I didn't know who's going to be here tonight. Only God knows that. <laughs> so I didn't pick you out to preach this to you. I'm just preaching what God said preach. Is that okay? We're going to get some good stuff here in a minute. I thought this is pretty good already, but you know. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Oh, dear Lord. I'm not going to go wash that man's car because I tell you what, he, he is just unlovable. God may tell you to go buy him groceries. That may be the richest man in the city. Hallelujah. Do good to them that hate you. And, oh dear Lord, pray for them which despitefully use you. Have I had anybody here tonight that you run into people like this that, that irritate you and rub you the wrong way? They're like sandpaper in your life, you know, and you think, dear Lord, where did they come from? What, why, why am I going through this? But God says, no, you, you need, if you're going to walk like my son Jesus, you're going to have to do it like he does and forgive. Amen? Pray for them and persecute you. Ooh. Not just despitefully use you, but persecute you. Persecute you. Oh my goodness. Don't you know when Saul of Tarsus met Jesus on the road that day and he's knocked off his horse and the light and the glory of God shined on him and Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? You know, and, and right there he was blinded and God led him to a place there uh, and, uh, uh, and, and Ananias came to him and and prayed for him. And God told Ananias, you go lay hands on him. He's Saul of Tarsus. But you're going to have to tell him what great things he's going to suffer for my name's sake. You see, Paul brought much suffering upon the church. And now then Jesus is reversing this. He's going to be suffering for the namesake of the Lord. Suffering. So Paul had to learn how to love like Jesus loved. And he had to learn to walk as Jesus walked. And do the things that Jesus did. And so... Uh, Ananias told him, you know, you know, you're going to suffer great things, but you're going to be the apostle or the missionary or the evangelist, the preacher, and you're going to go and teach who Jesus is. And we got the gospel. The Pauline epistles is really most of the New Testament when you get right down to it. He got a revelation of Jesus on the backside of the desert for three and a half years. He's out there all by himself. Well, not by himself. The Lord was there with him. But nobody else was there with him to teach him and to say, this is what you got to do. Now, this is the way preachers act. This is what you got to wear when you get up in the pulpit, you know. And, and uh, he didn't have none of that. All he knew was Jesus, the one that shined down upon him that day on that road to Damascus. God, he, he met him face to face. And that Jesus taught him and ministered him and, and ministered to him during that time of that three and a half years. But... Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Now look what he says. He said all that to tell you this, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. Somebody said, I thought Christianity was big airplanes and big mansions and, and uh, you know, big bank accounts and all of that. No, no, no. I'm not saying God won't give you that. If God saw it necessary, if I started traveling or if I was traveling and, and uh, uh, you know, I, I, if I needed a plane, I believe God would give me a plane. Amen. But I'm not going to have to go beg for it. Hallelujah. 
I'm not going to have to get people to uh, to give this up and do that to, to make it happen. But if, if God saw it necessary, how many understands what I'm saying? If God saw that it was necessary, He will make sure that we have everything that we need. Now, that you may be the children of your Father, which is heaven. So according to Jesus, forgiveness isn't a matter of picking or choosing whom we would forgive. <laughs> I said that laughingly because that's sometimes what we do. Oh, I can forgive that one. <laughs> He's a good guy, you know. I, he just kind of got upset, you know. That's all. But no, no, no. I'm talking about those that are devils. I'm talking about those that just rub you really the wrong way. I'm talking about those that they're rough sandpaper in your life. And you see them coming, you say, you try to go the other direction, go across the road on the other side, you know, because, you, you know, but you, you know what? He said, it's not a matter of picking or choosing. You know, we, we can't pick or choose whom we're going to forgive. We can't say you've hurt me too much, so I'm not forgiving you. You crossed the line, buddy. Yeah, no, sir, I don't have to forgive you. And you know what happens most of the time? That same person <laughs> that you're so aggravated and mad at, and you're saying, he's saying you got to, or he or she saying, you got to forgive me. And you're saying, no, I don't. Am I talking to human beings here tonight? Christ tells us in Matthew 5, the 46th verse of that same chapter in Matthew 5, if we love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans do the same? Oh, dear Lord. It's easy for me to love you folks out here. It is. It's easy. It's easy. I don't have a hard time loving anybody in this place. I really don't. But, you know, I've been places and I've been in situations and I've been where I, I didn't love them. And God put me right in the smack dab middle of stuff so that I had to love them. Amen? Yeah, don't shout me down. He said, if we love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans do the same thing? Huh? I mean, if we love those that love us and forgive those that forgive us and those that treat us good, we treat them good and blah, blah, blah. You know, don't the publicans do the same? Don't they do the same? Isn't that what the, isn't that what the rich man, uh, you know, the publican and, and the rich man, you know, he, he said, haven't I done this? Haven't I done that? And, and, and Jesus said, well, there's one thing you've got to do. Sell everything you got and go give it to the poor. <laughs> Don't get upset. Now, I'm not going to tell you that God said for you to go sell everything you got and give it to the poor. He'll probably tell you to give it to the preacher first. You know? <laughs> but, but how many see what I'm saying? You know, this, he came to, what must I do to be saved? And he's done all these things, the law and all of these things. Jesus said, there's one thing you lack. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor. And the Bible said he turned away and went away sorrowfully. 
and did not receive. God's telling us something about forgiveness here tonight. We can walk away sorrowfully. And we can say, well, that message wasn't for me, Brother Clarence. That was for so-and-so, and they weren't here tonight, you know, and all this. No, you know what? God knew who was going to be here before we ever got here tonight. Hallelujah. <laughs> mm. Now, it doesn't matter who our grudge might be against. If we hold on to it, it's going to lead to bitterness that poisons every aspect of our life. You can't hang on to it. You can't hold on to that bitterness. Bitterness will destroy you. It's poison. What happened when the children of Israel came to the waters and they were bitter? You know, they were bitter waters. Sometimes in our life we come in situations and circumstances and people in our lives and it's a bitter situation. Bitter. But you know what the Lord told them to do? Cut down the tree. Throw it in the middle of the, the water. And the bitter waters became sweet. And see, that, that, that tree symbolized the cross of Jesus Christ. That tree symbolized the cross. That, sea, that tree symbolized the thing that Jesus died upon and gave his life in order for us to have all that we have. And that brought sweetness to the bitter. Some of us have got bad, bad memories. I'm talking like Donald Trump now. Bad, bad, bad. But it's bad memories, situations, circumstances that's in our life that's causing bitterness to eat us up alive. And we don't even realize it sometimes. Hey, listen. I've given my testimony uh, of the man that I was bitter against. Lying. The lying, cheating scoundrel. I was bitter. He was bitter towards me. He'd say evil things against me. Lies. I got so mad I wanted, I'd have dreams. I'd be in his church and I'd go up there in the church and just smack him in the face, you know. Bloody his nose. I'd say, this is your preacher. I was doing that in my dreams now. Evidently it was something in my heart too. Because when I woke up, oh my goodness, I felt so terrible. Conviction hit me. I pray, God, take this out of me. Take this out of me. Take this out of me. And, and I thought, well, it's done. Glory to God, it's done. Then I thought it was all out, and I saw him driving down on the other side of the freeway. And if it hadn't been a median in between, I would have rammed his car. It wasn't gone. Are y'all, am I talking to real people here tonight? It wasn't gone. But God made us have a head-on collision at the post office one day. Not real head-on collision. But we ran into each other. Not on purpose. But I was coming out of the little nook where my post office box was. And I come out and he was coming in the front door. And I tell you what, we saw each other and we both had this start of look. You know? And, and, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God hit both of us at the same time. And we began to weep like babies right in the middle of the post office. 
And we walked up to each other and just grabbed each other and hugged each other. And right there in the post office, said, I love you. I forgive you. Please forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. It was lies. Forgive me. And I said, I, I, I took those lies and I made lies against you. I, I said, forgive me. We went and had a six-hour coffee break that day. And God took care of it all. <laughs> we never had another crosshair, another crossword, no evil, no, no evil malice or nothing against anybody. We, we, we saw each other at a restaurant. We sat down, had dinner together, you know. I, I mean, it's because when God's love is there and forgiveness flows, you're going to see the power of God move. Amen? But bitterness is not good. I said bitterness is not good. Unforgiveness brings on spiritual famine in our life. Somebody said, I just don't feel God like I used to. Weakness. It brings on spiritual famine and weakness and a loss of faith. Afflicting not just us, but everybody in our circle. Did you know you're an influence on everybody around you? If bitterness is controlling you, unforgiveness is controlling you, and the, your inner circle, the people that you're around, it's going to affect them also because they're going to sense it, they're going to feel it, and they're going to know it. And if sometimes, if we're not careful, we'll get caught up in that, taking sides, rather than saying, let's see what God's Word declares. Amen? I said over, over the past 50 years, I've seen devastation in the lives of those who withheld forgiveness. They wouldn't forgive. I once saw a man who dropped dead in a fit of bitterness. In a fit of bitterness, he just dropped dead. Caused by his refusal to forgive. Someone had reproached him. He never let go of the hurt. He just never let go of it. I was talking to friend of mine in Houston the other day when we went down and preached at the prime timers at Lindale Assembly and and they was telling about this is when integration of churches were happening you know and uh, uh, and I, I still I don't understand it because I grew up uh, with my dad and them and and we always had integrated services you know I, I, I've never had a problem with any nationality or any race and I don't to this day. I mean, how can you? I mean, if, if you got a, if you got prejudice in your heart, how can you go to another country and preach to them? See, you got to have the love of God in your heart wherever you go, and let God's love. But uh, this 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 member of this church, he was one, a high-ranking member of the church, and he pounded the desk over my dead body. Will we allow these people in here? Did you know? Three days later, he dropped dead at the front door of the church. Over his dead body. Listen. God loves all. He died for all. <laughs> and we, we need to. i tell you what. Unforgiveness is it's a terrible thing. Amen. Uh, I, and, and yet at the same time. I've also seen the power. And the glorious power. Of a forgiving spirit in an individual. I've seen healing come to entire families that was divided because of the unforgiveness and the bitterness that was in the family. And the family was even divided against one another. And I've seen whole families 
come together and be united in the spirit realm with the forgiving power of the Lord and the peace of God and the glory of God and the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. So, you see the bad, but you also see the good when the forgiving power of God is there. Can you say amen? Now, faith is essential in receiving from God. we got to have faith. Faith works by love. There it is again. <laughs> faith works by love. Forgiveness is a result of love operating in a believer. See, when you've got the love of God, you're going to be able to supernaturally forgive. Hallelujah. Forgiveness is not just a one-time act, but it's a way of life. Jesus said that. He said, I say unto you, love your enemies. Amen? And just do that. Now, according to Jesus, forgiveness isn't a matter of picking or choosing, like we said. We, we, have, to, we have to accept everyone. You know what God will do? I, I remember working at Ford Marketing Corporation. I'd been up in the northeast of Washington State, Oregon, preaching. I, had, I was up there seven weeks, eight weeks nearly, preaching revivals. Um, God moved supernaturally. God supernaturally got me there. And uh, we, 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 we had great miracles take place. Great things happened. And on, I, on the way back, I stopped off at my home church in, in, uh, in Fort Worth when I was a kid, teenager. And uh, they had a revival. And uh, the, the evangelist was over with that night. He, he said, Brother Clarence, I think you ought to just preach for a couple of weeks for us. So I did. I preached two-week revival. And then when I was done... My daddy came in and preached another two weeks. After my daddy was done, another preacher came in and preached another two weeks. They had a revival going. Praise God. And it wasn't just a one-man show. It's several preachers that God used. But on the way home, God spoke to me and said, I want you to, when you get down to Houston, I want you to go to Ford Marketing Corporation and apply for a job. I said, get out of here, devil. I'm God's man of faith and power. <laughs> now, don't look so innocent at me. Some of us think very highly of ourselves. I mean, I just come out of six, eight weeks of revival where miracles took place. And then I preached another two weeks there and, and, and God moved. And here God says, when you get home, go over there to Ford Marketing Corporation and get you a job. Well, I knew the voice of God, and I knew I couldn't disobey God. So what did I do? I went over there, and I applied. And they said, well, Clarence, we've only got, uh, we're in inventory time right now, and so we only have about two weeks that we can use you. I said, praise God, hallelujah. I've obeyed God anyway, you know. That two weeks ended up being four years. We started attending Lakewood Church. I became associate pastor. Brother Osteen, that Lake, that's when Lakewood was not very big at all. Sometimes Wednesday nights we'd have 30, 40. Sunday mornings we'd have maybe 100, sometimes 60, you know. It wasn't a big church back then. It was just, it was just God moving and God doing things. And, and, uh, and then it started growing. And then I was associate pastor with them when it was bigger. And, and they got up to the, where they had six or eight hundred people and a thousand, you know. And, and that was fun. That was fun. But, you know, God knows what he's doing. 
See, God wants to check my obedience out, number one. See if I'm going to be obedient to him and do what he tells me to do. And forget, forget about being a big-time preacher. There's only one big-time preacher. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, a lot of Christians have barriers in their life. Unforgiveness is one of them. That's what we're dealing with tonight is that barrier of unforgiveness. And uh, it keeps them from experiencing fulfillment. And from Calvary onward, if any barriers arise between God and man, guess what? They're on man's side, not on God's. I'm saying, since Calvary, since Jesus died, he became the supreme sacrifice. He won the victory over the devil. And since that day, the day of the cross and the day of the crucifixion and the resurrection of the Lord, I want to tell you something. We, if we have any problems, they're not God problems. They're Clarence Richard Dalrymple problems if I have them. And you have to claim your own problems. I'm not going to claim yours. Amen? But unforgiveness is that thing that it's there. It holds us back. And uh, look what Jesus said in Matthew 18. If your brother, in Matthew 18, verses 15 through 17. Moreover, if your brother sins against you. Now, anybody ever had this happen to him? Go. And tell him his fault. In other words, go and talk to him or her. And tell him this fault between you and him alone. Just between, listen, we don't have to go broadcast it to everybody. If somebody's got aught in their heart against us, we don't have to go tell the whole world about it. Don't have to get on Facebook, well, our brother Clarence, he is against me. And I'll tell you what, I'm letting everybody in the Facebook world know about it. No, it don't work that way. <laughs> but what happens is, it, if there's any unforgiveness, it's, it's on man's side, not on God's side. It's, it has to deal with me. If I'm having a problem, it's me. If you're having a problem, it's you. Amen? So, Jesus said, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him that it's fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you've gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more. Don't give up. Somebody says, well, I did my part. You know, you rush over to somebody and say, well, God told me to forgive you and I forgive you. Bye-bye. Don't even give them time to respond. But if they don't respond... And if he hears you, and if he hears you, you've gained your brother or sister. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more. And make sure they're not gossipers. Amen? Don't take gossipers with you. It's just going to add fuel to the fire. But... If you hear, take one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. That way, if somebody says, and if they don't receive it, that that means, well, you did your part in trying to make reconciliation. If you've done your part, that's all God requires out of us. Amen? 
But if you go by yourself and it doesn't happen, take two, th- two others with you so that they can witness this thing and see. And then, if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. Now, I, I hope we never have to get to that point. <laughs> I, I don't think we need to, uh, to, to, to air our dirty laundry out publicly to everybody. Amen? I believe the Holy Ghost is in each person and every person that we can handle the situation without ever having to go to that degree. I believe that. And if he refuses, tell the church. And if he refuses to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. I wonder why Jesus put that in there. Like a heathen and a tax collector. You IRS people, you know. (laughs) But unforgiveness builds a wall between you and God and other people. Unforgiveness builds that wall. If somebody said, well, they're acting funny toward me. Well, maybe there's a wall. Maybe there's a wall of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness hurts you, not the one who did the offense. Are y'all still with me tonight? See, we, we, we justify our actions because he offended me or they offended me. And well, No, no, no. Look what Jesus said. You see, see when, you, when you don't have forgiveness and you're holding the offense. Because what did, the, what did, uh, what did they say to Jesus? How many times do I have to forgive this person? And Jesus said, 70 times 7 in one day. That's 490 times. And I'm sure some of us are keeping count. 490. (laughs) Forgive them. Amen. We forgive them. We forgive them. I'm just glad that you were forgiven. I'm just glad that people have forgiven you. And you probably deserve not to be forgiven. You've probably done some things and said some things and was hateful and all of these. I'm, I'm not, we're not pointing fingers. I mean, I understand what I'm saying tonight. But I'm pointing. You've got one finger pointing. I've got three more at me, you know. But we, if we don't forgive, he said, your Father which is in heaven, will He forgive your trespasses? See, we got a hindrance there now. Amen? But 490 times in one day? Dear Lord. You know? In one day. So the next day, that same person probably comes to you and does the same thing again. you got to do it 490 times that day. Oh, sometimes God's not fair, is He? (laughs) But forgiveness, it affects our relationship. It builds a wall between you and God and other people. And forgiveness is a spiritual attitude. Now, we need to understand it's a spiritual attitude. Resentment and bitterness builds towards others when you do not forgive. You resent them. Anybody ever had any resentment? 
you, you, you don't, <laughs> we don't want that, do we? Fellowship is broken. Fellowship between friends. Sometimes fellowship between husbands and wives. Sometimes fellowship between you and close friends. It's broken. It's, it's destroyed because of unforgiveness and resentment and bitterness. Fellowship is broken. Forgiveness affects our own personal relationship with ourselves. We don't feel worthy. We feel unworthy. We don't feel spiritual. We don't feel holy enough. We don't feel good enough. We don't feel this. We don't feel that. We don't go by our feelings. We walk by faith. Not by sight. We walk by faith. So forgiveness is an act of your will. It's the power and ability to forgive is in you. God's give you that power and ability. We sing that old song, To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. All I ask is to be like Him. All through life's journey, from earth to glory, all I ask is to be like Him. Y'all remember singing that song? That's a prayer. And Jesus is our example of that. Father, He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. We need to get to the same point in our life. Father, forgive them. Not, they don't know what's happening. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what's happening. They, they really Listen, I believe that. I believe there's people that are blinded. I believe there's people that are manipulated by the enemy. And tr- lies and uh, untruths are put there. And they start believing lying vanities. And they forsake their own mercy. But we're to walk as Jesus walked. He said, Father, forgive them. Jesus said in John twenty twenty two, Whosoever sins you remit, cancel, forgive, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. Listen, don't hold nobody in bondage. Don't hold nobody in bondage. I don't, I don't want to. Listen, the, the, the fellow I was talking about. We, we weren't in bondage. We could run into each other. We weren't in bondage. We didn't bring up the past. The past was over with. It's forgiven. It's under the blood. And we're, we're brothers in the Lord. We're, we're walking together with God. And this is what the Lord said. Whosoever sins you remit, cancel, forgive, they're remitted. And whosoever sins you retain, they're retained. Don't hold anybody in bondage. Don't hold nobody in bondage. Don't hold them in bondage. Let them, let them loose. Let, free them. Let them have freedom. From that guilt and that, that intimidation and all of those things. Let's forgive. That's what the Word says. I'm just going to preach the Word. Is that okay? Because unforgiveness opens the door for Satan to operate. The Bible said, don't give place to the devil. He said, be angry. And Paul said in Ephesians, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down upon your wrath. Hallelujah. Carol, my wife, I tell you what, wives can aggravate husbands sometimes. You husbands better be careful. But, but I just get, I, oh, boy, I'd get huffy. I'd go lay down, turn over on the side, you know. And then all of a sudden I'd hear this. I said, what are you doing? And she just got over my face. And she said, the the word says, don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. And we're not going to bed mad. (laughs) 
So you might as well laugh, Clarence Richard. Hallelujah. And you know what? We laughed. We had a good belly laugh. And we enjoyed laughing. Praise God. And you know what? I believe this. That when you hold resentment and grudges inside you, you're more apt for physical problems than those that are happy and joyful. Because the Bible said, a joyful spirit is like medicine. But a sorrowful spirit drieth the bones. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, this is good preaching anyway. I think I'm going to listen to this again. Let all bitterness. Everybody say all bitterness. Let all wrath, let all anger, let all clamor and evil speaking be put away from you. With all malice and be kind one to another. Tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. See, the, the place to the devil is given through anger and evil speaking. That's where we give place to the devil. And the Holy Spirit is grieved. Did you know the Holy Spirit gets grieved? And we need to put on the attribute of God. That's what he said in Colossians 3, 12 through 15. As the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. Oh, glory to God. I've been accused of being the happiest man in the world. And I'll accept that title. Hallelujah. Because I refuse to let the devil get my goat. Amen. I refuse to let the devil take control of my emotions and my mind and my spirit and my joy and my peace. I refuse to let him do that. Therefore, I'm going to rejoice. Sometimes I'll just laugh when I don't even feel like laughing. (laughs) Glory to God. The devil don't know what to do. You're confusing him. Because he's trying to make you sad. Dreary. Amen? But put on love. Amen? And do not let Satan, in 2 Corinthians 2.11, lest Satan should take advantage of us. For we're not ignorant of his devices. We're not ignorant of the devil's devices. We're still talking about forgiveness. We're still talking about walking like Jesus walked. We're still talking about letting the joy of the Lord be our strength. And we're still talking about having that mind of Christ. And... Listen, we are blessed. Everybody say, I'm blessed. We are blessed in the Lord. Praise God. You know what Paul did? He wrote to the church at Corinthians. There was a man there that had committed an immoral uh, sexual sin. And uh, he had been excommunicated from the church on the sin of incest. How many believes that the sin of incest can be forgiven? Hallelujah. How many believes that murder can be forgiven? How many believes that lying can be forgiven? How many believes that losing your temper can be forgiven? I mean, you know, there's a whole lot of things that we could just start naming off. It, we're forgiven. We're forgiven. We're, we're the forgiven. We're the blessed. Hallelujah. We're forgiven. 
And when he, and what Paul did, he, he went to them and told them, I urge you to reaffirm your love to him. Reaffirm your love to him. I was in, right out of New Orleans, Louisiana, preaching a revival in a church. And we had everybody come forward that night in, in, for prayer. And uh, there was a little teenage girl. She just, just kind of off to herself and just wouldn't mingle. It wouldn't come up there with anybody. And uh, one of the, the, the pastor came over to me and said, Brother Clarence, he said, now, uh, I, 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 don't, I want you to understand this little girl. She's pregnant and she's not married. I said, so? Can God forgive? I said, can God forgive? That doesn't mean we condone outside the marriage boundaries sex. We don't do that. But if a person does, God's love and God's mercy is there to forgive. But see, the thing is, beknownst to me, I didn't know this. Until he told me that. But before that, I had had all the ladies of the church together around her. <laughs> and to pray. For, I noticed they were kind of slow moving. You know. And I thought, well, dear Lord, these old self-righteous ladies, I tell you what, they need God. <laughs> but they were, they finally, one of them move up there. And the other one kind of move up. And then finally all of them kind of surrounded her. I said, you lay hands on this girl. You hug her and you love on her. I didn't know what was going on at that point. I said, just love on her and hug on her. And just, and just, and, and you know what? They started loving. Tears started streaming down their face. And the, and the reconciliation of God was there between her and those ladies of the church. And listen, she, yes, she sinned. Yes, the man in Corinthians sinned. He sinned. And, and this young lady had sinned. We, 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 we whitewash sin nowadays and, and we just call it little mistakes. No, sin is sin. And we need to call it sin. When sin is sin, it is sin. Anger is sin. Jealousy is sin. All of these things are sin. But just because it's a, what we claim, quote, a bigger sin, are we saying that God's grace isn't big enough to handle that? God transforms, God changes, God heals, God restores. And that little girl was just sobbing and receiving the things of the Lord. She began to praise the Lord in a prayer language, and God just began to bless her. And those ladies were just praising God with her in a prayer language. And they were just worshiping the Lord and glorifying God. And that's when the pastor came to me and said, Brother Clarence, that young lady is pregnant. I said, so? He said, well, that's the reason the ladies were reluctant. But he said, this is good. <laughs> At least he recognized it was good. Because, he said, this is great. He said, because now we're seeing God's grace, God's love abound in this place. And you know what? That little girl had the baby and the people gathered around her. And later on, God gave her a great man to come in and love that baby in her. Hallelujah. Listen, God's good. But what about it? Are we going to be are we going to be self righteous? Are we going to let forgiveness flow? Hallelujah! Confess your faults one to another. <laughs> Come here. You want to tell me, brother Clarence? You go first. Three preachers in a room in a conference, you know, and they were sharing a room together, and and they got up there one night and they said, well. You know, I think we ought to just confess our hidden sin. 
One of them said, well, I, I've got this little desire for a little nip every once in a while. I still love the taste of alcohol and beer, you know. And, and, uh, and the other one said, well, he said, I, I, I've got this problem with, with, with women. I, he said, I still kind of have a lustful thing. And they were just, you know, being honest. And the third one, he, was, he went out the door and they said, well, what's your sin? He said, mine's gossip and I can't hardly wait to get out of here. But we don't have no gospels here tonight, right? And don't get frightened. I'm not going to have us confess our hidden sins. Because God knows. But confess your faults one to another that you can be healed. That you might be healed. Uh, forgiveness is important. A friend of mine was put in bed. He was a great man of God. Put in bed dying. And he had Oral Roberts. He knew Oral Roberts personally. John Osteen and all these big faith preachers and healing ministries. And they all came and laid hands on him. He was getting worse. And God spoke to him. said, call so-and-so. Well, I ain't going to call him. You know what he said about me. I don't lie. He lied. Like, blah, 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 you know. God said, if you want to you die, you just lay here. If you want to be healed, you call him. Well, he called him. And the preacher was reluctant on the other end. Finally... The preacher that was in bed, he said, please come. I need you. And he came. And they confessed one to another. And God reconciled them in the spirit realm. And God immediately healed my friend. And he lived many more years after that. Hallelujah. Because, listen, these things will destroy us. These things will destroy us mentally, emotionally, physically, and most of all, spiritually. But forgiveness, it frees our spirit so we can receive. It releases others so they can receive. Listen, tonight God wants us to come to that point that we understand the importance of to be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. Let's lift our hands and just thank God tonight. Father, we thank you. We praise you for the word. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for the word. Hallelujah. We just give you praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Listen, if there's anything, you don't have to tell me. Just tell Jesus. (laughs) Just tell Jesus. Let the power of God, let that forgiving power of God flow on your behalf. And let's sing that little chorus together as as we praise the Lord. To be like Jesus, to be like Jesus, all I ask is to be like Him all through life's journey. From earth to glory, all I ask is to be like Him. Just shut your eyes and let it be a prayer to Him. Oh, to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus. All I ask 
is to be like Him. All through life's journey, from earth to glory, all I ask is to be like Him. You know, my mother had backslid. And uh, she was always a very sweet lady, but she backslid. She began to drink a lot. I don't know why she did, but she did. But then she, I was over there one day, and I I visited her all the time. And she said, Clarence, you think God will forgive me? I said, Mom, he's already forgiven you. (laughs) I said, you just thinking about it, he's already forgiven you. And I prayed with her. I prayed with her. We prayed a prayer together, and she repeated the prayer, and tears in her little eyes. And, you know, from that day forth, she just had that feeling, you know, she was right with God. She had that load lifted off of her. Then she had to go to an assisted living place. And I'll never forget, I'd go visit her as often as I could, just about every day if I was in town. I went over there one day, and she's sitting there, and she always had a smile. She was always happy. I guess I take after my mama, you know. I'm just smiley all the time. <laughs> she said, Clarence, you think God really forgave me? I said, Mom, did you pray with me that day? And you asked Jesus to forgive you? And you asked for that blood to be applied And cleanse you. I said we prayed. And I said God heard us when we prayed. And I said God's not kicking you out. (laughs) It's yours. A big old smile came on her face. And she never once questioned it no more after that. Several months went by. And the morning they called me. And I rushed over to the room. And to the place where she was. And she was laying on the bed. Looked like she was just sleeping. Big old smile on her face. Like she always had. I mean, just sleeping. Peace of God. The joy of the Lord. Amen. Listen, God forgives. God forgave us. He's probably forgiven you after you got filled with the Holy Ghost even. Amen. He's forgiven. He's a forgiver. And we're to be like Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God.